10.15 on a Wednesday morning. Good morning, Dr. Mick. Good morning, Dr. Andrew. What are we talking about today? We finally came up with a topic, didn't we? Uh, Well, perhaps it's fitting. Today's International Women's Day and we're talking about fertility, although... Uh, as we will explain, it is not just the domain of women. There's also many factors affecting fertility with men as well. We just we had a quick chat before we started recording and we, 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 we chatted over a couple of uh, statistics that came out and discussed them. And, and funny enough, in 2016, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, the teenage fertility rate was the lowest on record. And the need for IVF uh, seems to be an ever-increasing statistic in our society as well. And it's a concern, isn't it? And it's not getting the traction, even in the media. You know, uh, amongst uh, couples, it becomes a concern that we see in our clinics when Mm -hmm. they're trying to have babies. Uh, But it doesn't seem to get the... uh, the airplay that uh, should really be uh, couples and, and people in our society, younger people, should, probably need to be made aware that, you know, these fertility, it's not as easy to fall pregnant for whatever reason that we're going to chat about Which today. we will go over, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there are a number of reasons. And some probably, and we're going to try to cover as many as we can here of stuff that we've looked into. Um, but also what we'll do is we'll have a look at maybe some of the obvious reasons and some of the not so obvious reasons. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go through that and have a look, mate. Is there anything you want to say uh, to start out? Yeah, so let's just have a look at how big an issue fertility is uh, in Western society at least because that's what we're more familiar with. Um, and the rates are infertilities now... It's a global issue affecting one in six Australian couples. In the United States, it's even higher, one in five. That's 20% of couples. And in the UK, it's one in seven couples. And approximately 15 to 80% of all couples labelled either subfertile, which means they've got a condition which makes fertility less likely, or infertile. And that is defined as having unprotected sex for one year or more without the ability to conceive. And that is defined as being infertile in medical terms. Yeah, so in in starting, and that's a very, in some ways what we mentioned before, a a curious statistic. I'm, I'm curious. And we're, we're trying to just track down today why that, why that could be happening. Because, um, yeah, it seems that uh, if you think about that in global terms of where we're going to be as a culture and a society in another 100 or 200 years. An ageing demographic. How, where are we going to be? Where are we going to be? As a, is it going to be even harder in years to come? Mm. And are there... Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to cover some obvious reasons today and, and stuff that we've even thought outside the square. But maybe there's other factors at play that we're not really sure of as well, but we'll cover some of them and... and and we'll go from there. So, mate, what did you find initially as the... So we decided before we chatted to that there was two sort of thoughts relating to fertility wasn't there. There was the... As far as causes of infertility, there was the medical and then the non-medical. But from the medical model, we found that there was like seven standard 
uh, uh, beliefs, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, let's let let's say what what I've got here. Actually, I should I want to give reference here to uh, a really well documented woman chiropractor Jennifer Barham Floriani, and she's got a fantastic book. I've listened to her speak. The book is called Well Adjusted. Um, I'm sure other chiropractors and there's possibly clients out there who've read this. So I'm going to be referencing a lot of her work there because she's documented this really well and has done a lot of research on it. Um, three categories. So well-documented causes uh, that specialists have been familiar with for a number of decades. So that's the medical side of things and we'll briefly go over those. Number two, and one of the, the biggest factors, which if anyone Googles causes of infertility, is delaying the conception age. So That's the big one, isn't it? Couples are waiting longer. We'll chat a bit more about that because yeah, I'm a good example of that too. Until getting pregnant, the, older you, the longer you wait, the older you are, the more difficult it is. Uh, and number three, so lifestyle factors that we can change... Uh, that are proving to have an effect on an influence on reproductive capacity. And we'll go over those because there are seven lifestyle factors which you can improve to greatly increase your chances of conceiving. So what do, do you want to go... Do you wanna, do, let's go through the obvious uh, causes of, of some of these. I, I read through a, a, the Harvard Gazette and, and their obvious cause, their number one cause, you know what it was, don't you? Yeah, it was age. Age, yes, and they spent a lot of time on that, and they gave lots of different reasons for that, but it was including career choices and relationship issues and many other yeah, things. Socioeconomic reasons, um, uh, with more women in the workforce, and that work-family-life balance. Uh, becoming a trickier thing to balance and not just for for women for for couples uh, and we should say for all types of couples as well in the modern era uh, that people are waiting longer to have a child uh, and the older you are the more difficult it is to to conceive and that is the biological time clock it should be pointed out here this is not just for women it is for men as well. The older you are, the less healthy are your sperm. Yeah, and that was an interesting one for me too because the, it, it, it seems unfair, and even in my practice with what I do, that uh, often you'll see a lot of women making an effort to uh, come and get treatment to enhance their fertility. But often it's just the women, not the men as well. But as we know that to increase your likelihood and chances of falling, it's best that the, the male and the female are in optimal health I, prior to falling. Yeah, look, from what I've researched, Mick, um, it is vital that both, uh, both halves of the couple uh, go through due process and get everything checked as men age and also with lifestyle factors which we'll go over it's sperm count and it's sperm motility mo motility yeah. that's the word i was about to say mobility it's a chiropractic word motility drop and that greatly reduces the chances of getting pregnant and also 
especially with lifestyle factors, uh, perhaps something that gets looked at, uh, a thought process is if uh, the woman gets pregnant but then miscarriages, there can be the thought, oh, the guy's done his part, the lady's pregnant, um, but the miscarriage might be due to uh, DNA wear and tear in the man's sperm, so it's not healthy sperm, and hence uh, the, that early stage fetus might not be as healthy as there could be, there could be a problem, and hence why there's a miscarriage. So it is a, a process from both sides of the fence. Yep. So let's go through the obvious causes, uh, and besides we've covered age, um, and age, uh, funny enough with the statistics I saw on IV, I read about IVF, and where if you're under 30, um, your, your likelihood of IVF working per embryo transfer is 40%, but over 40 it's 8%. Mm. So even if you're having to go down that IVF route, the younger you are, the more likely you are to fall. Yeah. So clearly, if you want to have a family and you're able and you're younger and that's the goal, it's probably getting to maximise your probability, best to start early, even though it's really tough, mm. you know, but probably best to do that. Besides that, what do you reckon number two was? Uh, besides age? Uh, well, the there's different causes are uh, the well-documented causes of infertility. Sorry, mate, what are you getting at? Oh, I'm getting at stress. Like, yeah, yeah the people... And this is the one that I think is a bit of an X factor is stress. And, so and, so and, when you and say, when stress, they say stress, you know, yeah, that, that dreaded... Define stress. Yeah. Um, look, with fertility, um, as you and I both know, I think... We think... I shouldn't say I, but we think stress should really be sidelined as often adrenal fatigue mm. and um, and not just adrenal fatigue, but there's a big adrenal fatigue bracket in there um, or the, as we've spoken about in the past, the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid axis, you know, that, that whole combination of how your brain and your nervous system work. Yeah. But... So it's the stress response of the body and brain. Yes. 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 But also, we talk about stress. Uh, then, then, besides just being adrenaled out, and we talk mm. about coffee, and we talk about dietary choices and lifestyle choices related around that. Working too hard and not sleeping well, and 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 factors which drain us. Yeah, and drain and cause overactivity of your sympathetic nervous system yeah. and underactivity. Of your parasympathetic, parasympathetic yeah. which is your reproductive segment. So, so sympathetic fright, flight, parasympathetic rest, digest, procreate. Yes. So that's the big one. So we think that sympathetic, that we think that's probably one of the biggest ones, you know, mm. is this sympathetic dominance. And then once it doesn't, once you don't fall within those first few months, then it becomes something else too that I've found is that. Uh, you get anxiety around not getting pregnant, mm. and then that leads to a different form of stress as mm. well. You know, and that's where they're saying, um, according to you know the Harvard you know, Gazette, is that they need you know you may want to consider, in their opinion, counselling, uh, meditation, light exercise, yoga, 
uh, even got thrown up some chiropractic beliefs there as well. Well, I was, was just good. about to say, Mick, so you were asking me before the podcast, are we okay to say chiropractic can help your chances of getting pregnant? And all of those things you just talked about in the Harvard Gazette help your body to work better, body and mind. Okay, so let's put those together because they're not separate. They function together uh, and they get your body into a less stressed state, as does chiropractic. You've got healthier physiology and if you've got healthier physiology, especially the parts going to your reproductive areas, you've got a better chance of getting pregnant. Yeah. So that is what we can definitely say. Cool. We didn't want to. I just the reason I brought that with Andrew before the podcast is I didn't want to get us into any trouble as far as uh, you know with registration boards and everything else. But the the, the reality is, uh, uh, people come to us for this sort of help, mm. and uh, we 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 do. Uh, it seems that if you if you look at the statistics of of what we do here, there is a a strong relationship that, you know, indication that what we're doing helps that. And, know, and... From an anecdotal basis. Yeah, and I want to say anecdotally, how many couples have you had over the years? I don't have a number, but what I can tell you, and I can think of one lady last week, but over the years, dozens and dozens of couples who've had problems um, or had delays in trying to get pregnant and then once they're under regular care uh, with us, um, they get pregnant. Yeah. And I, I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. But And for people who, who seek me out for that as well. But uh, by, by saying that you can do that overtly, I could see that people would see that you'd, you could get into trouble with her. Yeah, no, we must point out we don't treat people for that. What we do is look at you from a chiropractic perspective and if there are issues there then we look at removing nerve interference to help the body work better and then it's amazing to see what happens once the body's healthier well said uh so besides that there was uh weight issues um, and if you've got a greater bmi than uh, 25 percent body fat it seems it's harder to fall and there's something I want to chat about there too because it's one thing that came up for me and it touches on another topic is estrogen dominance. Mm. So too much estrogen in your body can lead to infertility. And that's associated with the adrenal fatigue sympathetic fright flight. So there is a relationship yeah. there with stress again. Yeah. Um, and then there's also uh, cyclic confusion. So not monitoring when you're ovulating uh, and not being really familiar with... Um, you know, the cycle, the yeah, cycle, menstrual cycle, and, and the the mucus changes and everything. Yeah. That egg white mucus seems to be the the critical fertile time at that point. So, uh, I think from I, can I from sorry, there, I just mate. want to go over here, Doctor Mick, um, as well, because you brought up a couple of really big ones. Yeah, and, sure, and, sure, sure, and they are things that we can change and improve, or that you can improve to give yourself a better chance of conceiving. Um, Factors here which are well documented, and we'll put those under more medical causes. Uh, I had ovulatory problems such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, sperm disorders, which we mentioned, endometriosis, adhesions or tubal disease, 
abnormal cervical mucus, uterine abnormalities like fibroids, that's really common, and, and then unexplained and STDs as well. People who've had a history of STDs, scar tissue from previous mumps or appendicitis, so or cancer drug therapy, they're some of the more rare or, or less sure. common causes. So they're more, let's shall we say, medical reasons. Uh, and then we'll get into the, the lifestyle factors that we can change that we were just talking about. Uh, so from there's some of the more obvious medical causes. From our point of view, and we haven't spoken about this beforehand, we just thought we'd compare notes, um, from the not obvious. So the not obvious we've already touched on, and that is um, imbalancing your nervous system. So your nervous yeah. system being too wired up, or your nervous system, you know, not functioning well at all. So either really wired or depleted, exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, and that's once again related to on the on the continuum of nervous system health, you know, fatigue or uh, overactivity, adrenal fatigue, exhaustion, stuff we've spoken about ad nauseum in podcasts gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one I thought of was uh, in terms of nervous system. Um, was just in terms of energy, people's energy within themselves. And I know energy is more of an Eastern concept. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think acupuncture plays and Chinese herbs play a big role in fertility. Uh, But also just in terms of if you think of uh, energy, of where people are prioritising their energy, if, if couples are wanting to fall pregnant and have a baby, how much priority is going into that compared to other parts of their life, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, so if if they're wanting to have a baby but they're working long, long hours or their lifestyle is still not optimum as far as drinking and, and diet-wise and coffee and all those other factors, and then if they're, if they're not spending quality time you know, as a couple and not spending quality time as doing the right amount of exercise. I I think that the priority has to be um, to getting your body absolutely uh, a shrine so you can fall pregnant in your optimal state. And I do think that some couples um, treat the, uh, the fertility aspect as very mechanical. Mm -hmm. So, we do this, we have a baby, but then when it doesn't happen, that mechanistic view of falling pregnant leads to a shift in their way of thinking because they haven't fallen and then have to reevaluate. And that's when the true, like, that's when they're more open to getting out of that whole sort of ticking a box of this is what we've got to do to fall pregnant. Does that make some sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the point I take from that is to maximise your chances of conceiving, there is some prep work that needs to be done and then saying, right, we are going to attempt to conceive. That's a great point. And, you know, that's that's the point that you just reminded me too is that what happens is they go through, um, couples that I see go through ticking the boxes and then that doesn't work after 12 months, they're off to IVF. Mm. But often 
what needs to be done prior to going and spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on IVF, which has mixed success rates in yep. itself, yep. is that they need to prioritise an amount of time and money on their, their health. health, right? And seeing people like you or I to get themselves absolutely firing mm. on all cylinders, mm. you know, and balancing out the nervous system and getting more oxygenated blood. Getting their diet you know, right. Some activity, so exercise helps, getting mindset in the right mind frame, as you said. For example, for a man, uh, sperm is made 70 days prior to being ejaculated. Interesting, I didn't know that. So So you're getting the 70 day old sperm. (laughs) By the time we meet the sperm, the sperm's it's been could, in the pipeline that, that for 70 days. A, a whole different uh, route. Pardon the pun there, Dr. Mick. I had to throw that one in there. hope we're not crossing the lines there. I think we're allowed to say that. But um, what it means is uh, that our body parts are being made long before it's actually getting utilised. Yeah. So for a man to be safe prior to saying, right, we're going to start to attempt to conceive here... There's three months which should be put in of prep work to ensure optimal health, optimal sperm, optimal chances of conceiving. Mm. And we'll go over some of those factors. You talk oxidative stress, things like coffee, smoking, alcohol. Gluten's a big one too. And I've had patients who I've treated who've been trying and they haven't. And I, I just say to everyone, I mean, you probably say this as well, you've got to minimize gluten, dairy, sugar, coffee, right? Mm. But I've seen some patients who've been to like five different IVF doctors. And there was a doctor, um, a famous doctor on the, t- on the TV, and she's become a fertility sort of doctor. And her name was Karen Phelps. Yeah. And I had one patient go to see her, and she said, listen, you're doing all the right things, but I want you to go off gluten completely. And she took it more serious then, and she went off gluten completely. And then she did fall, right? Yeah. So, you know, it goes to show you that you can... You'll get there. If you keep trying, you can get there. You can go on a merry-go-round and cycle of doctors and don't take our word for it at the start that these things will do you mm. benefit by by taking foods out of your diet that uh, stimulate you, right? Well, we don't want that because we're overstimulated as, as it is. So just, yeah, going into that, because every week I hear on the radio or TV, gluten's not as bad for you. There's little research to talk about gluten intolerance, etc. Why is a doctor like Karen saying that, you know, as well then, you know? And you'd have to ask her. Uh, But we, like... Let's talk about the stimulation first. So the stimulation is the coffee and the sugar. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and... Alcohol is a central nervous system depressant. Yeah. So you don't really want to tamper with your central nervous system because that's the governing control body that of everything. That is the master control system of everything that happens in the so, body. So it's it's ta- really the basis behind chiropractic. That's right. So if we take, we take things up with too much sugar or too much um, coffee... Uh, or take things down too much and suppress the nervous system. It's affecting the way. So if you've got a radio, you're listening to a radio and you want to hear the radio, but you can't hear it because the the music's off the dial slightly. 
So getting your health to your maximum is like and getting rid of those things is like getting rid of the static, static so you can hear it so clearly. So you can hear the radio clearly. Yeah. So so it's getting rid of that stuff so everything you know, your brain can communicate with the rest of your body as it should. Um, besides that, then we talk about gluten and why we talk about gluten and dairy so much is it's over consumed in our society most mm-hmm. of the time. So it can lead to uh, there's gonna be uh, always reports that uh, We'll say that it's, uh, and, and the truth is, some people tolerate way way better than others. Yeah. So not everyone's going to have a gluten intolerance to you know, and not everyone's going to have a dairy intolerance. But there's a difference between having a medical intolerance and having an imbalance. Yes, and a sensitivity. Yeah. And so if you want, if it's a food that's overconsumed in our society, well, you don't, and you're trying to get your body into its optimal health, mm. you don't want to have a food that may be causing you some autoimmune response. So causing you a load on your immune system as well. So that's what we've just found, and especially with what I've found to be true is implantation. So a lot of women fall, can mm-hmm. fall, so sperm will meet egg. Mm-hmm. But then what happens once sperm meet eggs and tries to implant with the uterus, that's where it's falling down. Mm-hmm. And often that's because um, uh, besides the oxygenated blood flow that, that you need to help with that if, if blood's not flowing down there very well, is the fact that your body may be not, the body may be not recognising that, zygote if that's the correct word i can't remember Mm -hmm. um and and so it's seen as a more foreign body so it's not it's not adopting it in so it's expelling it and there is some belief that that is related to some dietary issues as well so maybe maybe not or maybe nervous system issues Mm -hmm. there could be a whole host of factors but there is a theory behind that whilst we're on that uh, um trying to get a good segue here so let's talk a bit about weight yeah, sure. Okay. So being a healthy weight maximises chances of conception. Now, I say healthy because being underweight, you can be skinny but be unhealthy. Good also. point. Good point. You can be skinny, not having a good diet, smoking, drinking, you are unhealthy. Diet coking. Yes. Coke zeroing. But... And on the other side of things, obviously, uh, when you are overweight... And great point. I've got to say that too. Mm. We're talking about gluten and dairy and that. But chemicals in the diet too. Yeah, sorry, mate. That's a very important point. Yep. And chemicals in the household. Yep. Yep. We'll come back to that. Um, So being overweight worsens all clinical features of conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome... Uh, obese women take longer to conceive, two to three times longer typically, have an increased rate of miscarriage, uh, and obesity is also known to impair assisted reproductive therapy. Once again, I've taken this from Well Adjusted. Um, and being overweight for males uh, can cause subtle damage to sperm, and it also suggests research suggests that fertilization was 40% less likely to succeed when the father was overweight. Okay. So, overweight or underweight, being a healthy weight is going to significantly increase your chances of conception. Yes. And, and I think every doctor will talk about that as well. 
Yeah, and that's one of the obvious ones too, isn't it? That'll get a lot of traction and airplay, you know, like from a medical perspective. And and one of the things which uh, we might come back into, you'll notice there's a bit of a merry-go-round of these conditions. Where they intermarry. Exactly. The more overweight you are, the more your body becomes resistant to insulin. Yep. And this comes back into the high sugar diet and, and the sympathetic response. And the more insulin resistant your body is, uh, the, the more stressed it is and the less likely you are to conceive. Sure. Um, mate, perfect. Is there anything else you wanted to chat in off that topic before we sort of keep moving forward? No, I think that's, that's as much on the um, getting your weight on track side. Um, and then go, some of the other things. We've, we've talked about stress uh, and, and the effects that that has. But regular, if you're regularly stressed, and then obviously uh, if you're having difficulty conceiving, that can lead to more stress just about the difficulty of the process. Well, one article I read, they said it was really important not to give up work. Because if Why you, is that? Yeah, I know. Because then you can be focused on it too much, mm. right? You don't want to change your life too much because then I guess you can be lost in your own thoughts too much, you know? Mm. Uh, so it's important to keep working because a lot of women will say, I'm, I'm too stressed out at work, I've got to give up work. But hang on, maybe we need to re- reappraise the way you're working, mm. not giving up work. Altogether. Yeah. So that was interesting. They had... The, the study they did had more success with when women stayed at work, than, than, which was flies in the face of logic when I chat to to, uh, to women wanting to fall because some of them go, I just can't fall because I'm too stressed at work. But uh, it seems that it's not so much that, it's the other factors at play that, um, you know, the, the women working super hard, you know, and, and rather than giving up work, completely you can be sort of lost in your own thoughts so yeah i, th- I think that that was an interesting we, we, point. We, yeah it comes back to that word balance balance again. doesn't it yeah um so Matt, there was there was another thing that we mentioned that i wanted to chat about because we've spoken about it before and i went and did some research on it because i've heard about this thing and it seems that one of the reasons why you can't fall as well that is not so obvious is having too much estrogen in your body. Mm. So men can have too much estrogen mm. and women can have too much mm. estrogen. So One of the causes... Now, we, we, I think we're going to do a whole podcast on this because it's related to the adrenal fatigue syndrome. But I think we uh, might cover it a bit today because I, I thought... Yeah. It, 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 can you give us a brief summary? How do, how do you become estrogen dominant? Yeah, so here's the thing. So if you've got a decreased sex drive... If you're um, getting abnormal periods, if you're bloating, you've got breast swelling and tenderness, you've got fibrocystic breasts, headaches, especially premenstrual, mm. mood swings, weight and fat gain, cold hands and feet, which comes to thyroid, mm. right? Yeah. Hair loss, thyroid dysfunction, uh, yeah. <laughs> sluggish metabolism, foggy thinking, memory loss, fatigue. Sleeping issues, insomnia, and PMS, a lot of that can be linked to estrogen So dominance. these are all symptoms of estrogen dominance. Yeah, and it's also been linked to allergies, autoimmune disorders, breast cancer, uterine cancer, infertility, you know, we're talking about today, mm-hmm. uh, ovarian cysts, increased blood clotting, 
an acceleration of the aging process. It's Gosh, pretty massive. It, yeah, it's interesting. That would probably be one of the biggest motivators for people to look at that, wouldn't it? Reducing the aging process. So I figure this is su- super, super important to understand yep. this thing, that not a lot of people understand this estrogen dominance. Mm. And I've, I've heard it being thrown about for many years now, and it's something that uh, I, I think most people should know about um, so I'll tell you a little bit about it. So when a woman's menstrual cycle is normal, estrogen is dominant in the first two weeks leading up to ovulation. And then the last two weeks after that, you have progesterone kick in. And then... These are the hormones. Hormones, yeah. right? So estrogen, estrogen peak to ovulation. Um, and the last two weeks, progesterone. So mm. after ovulation. So you go up the hill with estrogen, down the hill with progesterone. So that fertility, that sweet spot in the middle where fertility lies, mm. it should be estrogen, progesterone. So, um, but what happens um, with, uh, with estrogen dominance, uh, what, there's, a, there's a belief in our society that there is we're getting too much estrogen so we're mm. not getting this um an imbalance it's leading to too much estrogen not enough progesterone mm-hmm. but also not enough testosterone and women have make testosterone too yeah which is a balancer so um well, what, what's causing it so there's two types of well they reckon there's two types of estrogens that um are worth mentioning one of the uh I've, I've lost my page on this but i remember one of them being xenoestrogens mm-hmm. and the other one being phytoestrogens mm-hmm. now xenoestrogens are the ones that are very uh, how can i say they're they're the controversial ones in our society because they're related to uh, they've done studies on water supplies in different parts of the world and found that our waters contain estrogen, which is a bit of a worry, right? So why are estrogens getting in the, into, the, into the water supply? Secondary to that, what's happening with... Um, so how do we get that? And they, they think it's to do with maybe the way the water's being treated, you know, at, at the sewerage, but it's also exposure to pollutants and chemicals. Right. So pollutants and chemicals like... Uh, like... You can take a whole anything that's dumped into the environment for starters right. on a commercial so we're basis. Household cleaning products. Yes. So we're talking pesticides and insecticides on crops. Yep. We're talking. Or pesticides in the home. Yeah, in the home. Yep. Sprays, yeah. etc. We're talking. We're talking. What about? Plastic. Oh, products. you beat me to it. Plastics, and so plastics are the big ones with um, xenoestrogens and uh, plastic waters, plastic bottles that get in, and then sun hits the, mm-hmm. the plastic bottles, and these plastics then react. So apparently, there's all the gazillions of uh, plastic bottles within mm. our oceans. I don't know how that's happening. Maybe that's having an effect. I don't know, but um, you know the old days where they used to have the the, the plastic shower curtain. Yeah. You know that they reckon the heat off the shower uh, reacts with that plastic and releases estrogens. Oh, and, interesting. And if you've got a water bottle, a plastic water bottle, that's one of the not trendy water bottles, and uh, Peter or whatever they are, mm. and you're sitting that water bottle in the sun and you're drinking water out of it, the sun reacts with the plastic to cause estrogenic products, these mm. xenoestrogens. Mm. 
Well, you, have you heard of that before? I've heard it mentioned, yeah. Yeah. So all we know is these estrogens are on the rise um, and they're there. It's, it's not intangible, it's real. Mm. Um, and there's different ideas and theories as to why it's happening, but it seems men are becoming estrogenic dominant and women are becoming estrogenic dominant. Yeah, too. so Mick, you bring up a really important point. Um, can happen to men and women... Uh, and once again, uh, aside from these toxins, which can be found in the home, can be found in the environment for pretty much all of us these days. There's not many people who don't get exposed to that sort of stuff, especially not in the city where we are. Um, yeah, maybe carbon monoxide as well. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that is that the sympathetic dominance, that fright, flight, system uh, causes an estrogen imbalance. Yes. Yes, it does. So it, but once we get, as we read the list of estrogen dominance, did you notice there was also a link to sympathetic dominance? dominance? Exactly. So they're saying sympathetic dominance and estrogenic dominance, but you know what? They're, they're one and the same. I think they're brother, sister. Yeah. So it seems you can't often get one without the other. So uh, I, I think when we're talking about, and we've covered this in our Adrenal Fatigue podcast, yeah. people, if you, is this the first time you've ever listened to us, please go back and check out the Adrenal Fatigue podcast. Um, I think you get something out of it. So, so the rise in estrogen dominance, part environmental man-made factors, part modern Western lifestyle factors as well. Yes. So there's no doubt a factor there. The other factor is that uh, these other things that... Um, the, the controversial one, and, and I will say there's thing called phytoestrogens, mm. which are soy, um, soybeans, soy products, which, um, you know, they're the, the, the Asian cultures have eaten them a lot. Mm. And so we've tended to adopt them into our society but more. But we prepare it differently. Yeah, I was listening to someone Tell on me. the radio Tell the me. other day because it's not as prevalent in Eastern cultures because they cook the hell out of the soy. Right. First. Uh, and then that's not having that same... No GMO modified, uh, I presume, as well. Yeah, yeah possibly. I don't know about that. Yeah, me either. But this person uh, was talking about Eastern culture, Western culture. In the Eastern culture, they don't seem to have the same soy product complication because they cook the soy product a lot longer, whereas Western culture, uh, mass production, it's cooked at a very high temperature for a short period of time, and so we're getting these byproducts forming. Interesting. Uh, and hence why more Western western world western culture we are seeing a concern over the estrogen imbalance with soy products well and the estrogen dominance leads to some of this other stuff we talk about the cancers but those eastern cultures don't have the cancers so the theory but the theory was Mm. was to uh have the soy because then it's a phytoestrogen Mm. and it will uh you won't get those diseases but Apparently that that thinking is really flawed because if you look at the uh, Asian cultures that don't have those diseases, they're much more physically active. They're less stressed. 
Uh, sure, their diets weigh different, but they're very much they carry less weight as well. So there's a so whole there's a number of, of different factors. Number of factors. Yeah. So so when I first uh, twenty years ago, when I spoke to um, naturopaths, you know, PhD naturopaths, they said, "Look, soy is really helpful," um, but mm. now it depends what format you're taking it. Yes, but they they're also and they're saying because you know these cultures have soy, they don't have these diseases. Mm. But also there could be uh, a fa- more factors and that was too simplistic thinking. You yeah. know, it, it was, there was more, more, more issues at play there than just the, you know, the diet. You know, it was all these other factors of, of Asian cultures that weren't probably taken into account. Yeah. Uh, including, and, and we, with maybe the absence of dairy was another belief system there. But there's just, once again, too many, too many variables. Okay, so bringing this back into, yeah. bringing it back into, we're talking about estrogen dominance and how that reduces fertility rates. Yes. So having a more balanced uh, physiology and hormone system, which means you need to have a balanced nervous system for that to be functioning, is going to improve your chances of conceiving. Absolutely. And, and from a practical point of view, if you had estrogen dominance, um, there's some ways to decrease estrogen dominance yourself, and that was to increase nutrients in your diet, and they were saying potentially take a, a high-potency multivitamin mineral. From, an, from a t- t- traditional Chinese medicine point of view, I don't agree with that, but that's, that's what some people believe. Um, from a, a hormone-balancing diet, which is lots of uh, adequate protein, lots of good amounts of healthy fat, fresh fruits and vegetables, and they reckon fibres are really, really super important. Mm. Hang on a sec. Just, I just want to come back to that healthy fat, Mick. What is healthy fat? Well, we, both you and I love our healthy fats, don't we? The omega-3s and the omega-6s, mm. but like the, um, the, 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 the healthy fats are nature, nature's producing fats that haven't been tampered with artificially, and I will say that. Yeah, and so no trans fats. Yeah, so... Where do we find them? So the good fats are found in, in fish, they're found in animal products, um, and they're also found in eggs, in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the yellow part of the egg, the part yep. that everyone says to throw out. But pre- we would also advise anyone wanting to get healthy and wanting to maximise their chances of falling to try to eat organic as much as possible. Because if you're not eating organic and say you're eating farm salmon, what they might be feeding the salmon might not be ideal as well. So you're not getting the proper fat, good fat content. And so most of the estrogen is actually excreted by the bowel. So if you increase the organic fruit and veg, um, you'll you'll be able to drag out more estrogen with it, so to speak. Mm. Um, um, some people believe you should take, um, if you're probably older and, and you're struggling, some um, supplements that can help with balanced progesterone. Don't um, know about that. What I've read here, which is good for sperm and egg production and for libido, is vitamin B family and zinc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a common, that, that's a very important point because that's something from a... A naturopathic point of view, that's one of the first things they're going to do, isn't it? Mm. You know, put people on zinc and folate. Um, from... and, uh, sorry, you just brought a good point there. Um, yeah. Certainly, I recommend for my clients um, to see a naturopath and discuss the nutritional side 
uh, and intake. As do I. What, what are you feeding your family? Some chiropractors know a bit more about nutrition than others, but um, yeah, I've got a friend who works up the road from me, so I re- refer my clients to go and see a naturopath to talk about it. Yeah, and I do as well. Um, and from, um, I will say, I want to touch on this because I do do a little bit of acupuncture, as you know, mate. And, yeah. and that is from a traditional Chinese medicine point of view. Um, if you're struggling to fall, what can happen is that you can get blockages in your liver and often it also uh, in your liver chi, but also the kidney chi is often very, very weak. By getting the acupuncture, you can boost the kidney chi and often decrease the stress through the needles and decrease the um, blockages in the liver to help smooth blood flow. And the kidney chi, once again, comes back to that parasympathetic, sympathetic. It's the same thing mm. dressed up in a different way, but it's, it's sort of corrected using a different mod- modality. Um, anything else that you want to throw through there, buddy, as well? Um, okay, whilst we're talking about uh, nutrition and our, our intake, um, a few things, and I think most people are aware of these things these days. Um, coffee, smoking, alcohol, um, drugs, of, of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Recreational drugs all decrease the chances of conceiving. Um, now coffee when I say coffee um, I think that the evidence is not strong for having one or two coffees a day but certainly I think there was a study done they talked about if you drink five cups of coffee or more per day your body is going to be in a much more highly stressed state because it causes cortisol which is the stress hormone we always come back to that Um, so that is possibly something that people out there will need to have a look at coffee consumption smoking harm sexual and reproductive health so for both men and women um, there's 4,000 chemicals in a typical cigarette so imagine what they're doing to the parts of our body that are meant to be creating a new human Um, alcohol so that's a big one so even moderate alcohol intake um, once again I'm quoting from well adjusted here has been shown to increase the risk of fertility problems and miscarriage in women and create DNA that's the genetic code inside our cells fragmentation testicular atrophy impotence reduced libido and decreased sperm count in men by moderate alcohol that's only one to five drinks per week, mm. which um, certainly I fall into that category. Yeah, so do I. By Australian standards, that's not considered a lot of alcohol. No, it's not. No, so it's definitely something to think about for people who are wanting to fall. And this is what we were when we we're coming back to what can you do as preparation for uh, getting yourselves healthy and maximising the chances of conceiving, these are some lifestyle modifications you might want to consider if you need to uh, in order to better your chances. Party drugs, illegal drugs, um, use of cocaine. This was an interesting one, and obviously in cities like Sydney and Melbourne, probably a higher usage. Um, 
Use of cocaine in men can lead to low sperm count and longer term use can result in lower sperm motility. One report stated that men with sperm counts less than 20 million per mil two times more likely to have used cocaine within the past two years than men who had not used cocaine. So these sort of factors, for some people, they're not going to be a factor, but for other people they might be. Uh, uh, so I think that's common sense stuff for most people as well. But if you're listening to this and thinking, gosh, I like to have a beer after work or I smoke or, or if there's other recreational drug use, um, those things need to be modified to, to better your chances of conceiving. Beautiful, mate. I, I think we might just, I think we've tied it all up. To, to sum it all up, if you're trying to fall, understand, hopefully we've helped in some way explain explain a few things as to why um, couples may, may struggle to fall. And then the way to get around that uh, is to talk, do some of the things that we've spoken about. Maybe see, see a chiropractor, see a naturopath, um, certainly see a doctor, get everything checked from a yeah. medical point of view. Uh, but uh, also an, you know, an acupuncturist, a herbalist. Um, but try to do these things prior to falling, not waiting till it hasn't worked and then, and then thinking and I need to why, reassess. Yeah. Which, yeah. Will, which will reduce your stress levels, which we keep talking about as well. So that's a biggie for mine. Um, do some planning. Yeah, plan and invest. Invest in what's important and, um, and be proactive. I think that's the main thing that I main message that I would like to to leave with is to to um, to to get on the front foot and maximise your chances. And and by doing that, uh, maximising your chances, and and it may save you tens of thousands of dollars as well. Thanks, Dr. Andy. Great talking to you, mate. We'll wrap this up. What do you know what we're doing next topic? No, we don't. We do it at this end of every week just to keep you hanging. But the truth is we don't know. Uh, <laughs> have you got anything that you would like to think about before we go? Uh, well, no. On that note, did you want to talk more about estrogen dominance next time? Uh, or maybe. have we covered that pretty I well we covered today? that all right today. I think that's been well covered, yeah. Um, I, I think that'll wrap it up. But we'll, we'll keep you posted and we hope to catch up with you again soon. Bye. Bye.